welcome, welcome to another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now. Julie, have you ever traveled? Are you wondering why I'm asking you this question since I've never met you before? Well, I didn't write this, so I'm sorry if I'm coming off as aggressive. Today we're going to talk about travel with Sheila and Alex. Um, mostly just travel etiquette, and this applies to all types of travel, particularly flying, but since travel increases around the holidays, it is more relevant now. So, what is the worst part about traveling, you guys? That sounded exactly how I wanted it to sound. I didn't write it. I did not write that. Katie wrote that herself. I had nothing to do with that at all. Worst she part to- about tra- totally, totally crushed the welcome, 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 which is something I've really struggled with. So I'm a little, <laughs> little envious. Oh well, yeah, but easy, but Katie. here's the problem. Now we don't have an Easter egg for after after the show where she <laughs> struggles for five and a half minutes to figure out how to say welcome, welcome, welcome. It's hard. Uh, we'll find another one. Maybe we'll maybe I'll just cut this out and put it at the end. <laughs> so the worst part about traveling to me. I think everything, and I know that we're probably going to go in order of travel and whatnot, but I think everything can be eliminated problem-wise for me when I travel because I usually don't have a connecting flight. And this is, we're mainly talking about holiday travel. So I think with holiday travel, you are generally going home and most people can get direct flights to home in the United States. So a lot of these problems can be eliminated if you just, if airlines would get rid of bag checking fees. As I was going through and writing the outline, like every single one, there's a problem with bag checking or something with bags that ruins the entire process. So the one thing starting off, I think it'd just be better to go chronological and we're mainly going to be focusing on flying because that's how most people travel. But the first part is security. And actually, we could do it before that. It's getting to the airport. Get out of the way. Get out of your car and get into the airport. I don't understand this lollygagging around. Talking, like, how many, how many plane accidents are there throughout, throughout an entire year? Not that many. You're going to see this person again very soon. And I apologize to that occasional person who doesn't see their loved one after saying goodbye to them for the holidays. But I have a feeling that that's a very rare case and more an exception and not the rule. Get the F out of your car and go to security and get on the plane. I, I, don't, want to, I, I don't think I need to spend too much time complaining about this, but this is what you do. You pull up, the person gets out, fine. I'm okay with you getting out and hugging them. Get out, hug them, get back in the car. That doesn't need to take more than 30 seconds. They got their bag, they can go. You, you've just driven to the airport. I'm sure you had things that you were talking about. You don't, need to, you don't need to give your, oh, this is what I think about the current political situation in Libya as you're waiting at the airport freaking parking thing. Uh, this the is worst? not an issue for me, so I just like how angry it makes you. Well, because, because with New York, you just take the subway in, right? I take like cabs there all the time, but like I just get out and go. Like I don't ever feel like blocked in. I mean, like Laguardia. Does the cabbie get out right and hug you? There's traffic, <laughs> but like, what'd you say? Does the cabbie get out and hug you? Yeah, we have like a moment. Like they're like, this is this is my thoughts on the Olivia political situation. <laughs> 
I have, I, we will get to this, but I have that problem more in pickup because people sit around and wait for the people that they're going to pick up. Like they don't want to do another loop or like the Uber drivers chill there or whatever. And then nobody can get in. And then you're waiting forever for someone to come pick you up because there's all this traffic because people don't time it well or like are selfish and want to sit there because they can't, you know, be bothered to do another loop, which I get is annoying, but also get out of the way. See, I, I just feel like it's more of a problem leaving pick up than drop off but i feel your pain agreed so the worst story i've heard like engagement story was someone asked their future fiance to marry them at the airport when they were saying goodbye to them what so that is the worst idea ever just because like they of course you want to like hang around talk like say i love you and all this stuff but like this guy decided to just pull out the ring right when he was like dropping his girlfriend off and I'm just like, why? <laughs> to ruin everyone's Christmas. Sense. That's why. Like, you guys were together for a week. You could have done it any time then. Yeah, and don't you want to, like, hang out like celebrate that? Like, I would be like, oh, my God. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, I, that's just a, that's a strange one. But yeah. I guess to each their own. I don't think she was a huge fan of it either. <laughs> of being proposed to just in general or being proposed to at the airport? <laughs> being proposed to at the airport. This is, you're going to remember this for the rest of the three years that we're together and then inevitably get divorced or not even married. Man. But just, I don't know, getting dropped off, just, just, just get out of the way. And I think this applies more on the coming home part of it. I feel like, cause you're like, oh, I'm not going to see you for a long time. Like we've never had better communication ever in the history of the world. You can Skype people. You can talk with them as much as you want. And then you say, oh, the physical contact. It's not like you're making out with your family all the time or cuddling with them or hugging with hugging them all the time. So get your hug in. GTFO, man. Sorry. I, I, there's just like little things. I'm just like, I don't. Maybe it's because I'm one of those people who isn't like super physically affectionate that I just don't get. But let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Is everyone okay? I think I was the only one that had a, had a rager for that one. We can move on to security. now. Next step, we're going to security. Hey, everybody, the rules are still the same. Take your effing shoes off. Put them in the basket. Separate your laptop. Put it in a separate basket. I know this doesn't necessarily apply to, pre- apply to pre-check people. I totally get that. But all you regular, uh, apparently domestic threats to the nation, you take your shoes off, you take everything out of your pockets, you put your laptop into a separate bin. It's not that freaking hard. But the, and they're constantly, what I, what I just did, that's what the people are doing. The security people over and over and over just keep repeating the rules. And yet there's still people who don't know it. Like, have you never flown? Have you not flown post 9-11? <laughs> Like that was that was 17 years ago. The rules are still the same. And I know that the shoes thing was probably more around like 2003, 2004 because of the box. What was it? The guy had like razor blades in his shoes or whatever. But still, it's the rules are still the same. Why is it so hard? So I I have like one thing that I in defense of like anyone going through security is I do feel like TSA can be inconsistent sometimes with the the liquids policy yes so like sometimes they do they're like total nazis and want you to put it all in a bag and take it out and like they measure how many you have and like they're super insane about it but like 90 percent of the time i would actually say 95 percent of the time they don't care 
like depending on the airport or just like whose mood, like who's in a bad mood that day. So like I never, I rarely have that problem. I do have pre-check. I have separate gripes I'll get to about pre-check. But like if they could just be consistent with the rules, I think that that would be, at least with liquids, that would be a huge help. Sounds um, like a woman problem though. Like I, I was thinking about like, I didn't even know that you have to put them in separate bags. But yeah. I guess, I don't know if deodorant counts as a liquid. I take deodorant when I travel and that's about it. I don't take shaving cream. I don't take shampoo or conditioner because Katie has it. Well, that's the thing. Like when we were together on a trip in England, um, they like had to go through all of my stuff because I was carrying both of our liquids. And they're like, you have too many liquids for one person. I was like, well, I'm traveling with my husband. Does that make any difference? He's like, they're like, yeah, but you need to like separate them into two different bags and stuff. It was a pain in the butt, and I had to throw away all of my floss picks because they got them all dirty. They got them all dirty? <laughs> like, they poured it out into, like, a bin. Oh. And that, my floss oh, picks, like, gross. poured out everywhere. I was like, great, I don't have any floss picks anymore. That's, That's gross. You're just I trying to live definitely... the England dream, man, having those nasty teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely are stricter about it I, in, like, international flights, I think. That's where I, like, learned to not try and sneak it by them. But on the, the pre-check side, so I have pre-check. And, like, they will occasionally just give people, like, pre-check. Like, it'll just show up like you're a random. Randos. And you get random pre-check. That drives me crazy because those people aren't used to pre-check. And, like, the people who have paid for pre-check usually are, like, business travelers or frequent travelers and know the drill and are very quick. But when you throw, like, random people through pre-check, they, they like, start taking their shoes off. They start, like, taking everything out of their bags. You have to, like, tell them, you know, what to do. And it just turns into a whole whole thing. So maybe we put, like, real pre-check and not real pre-check in different lines. What are the problem that the real pre-check people are doing? Or the non-real pre-check? They, they think they have to take their shoes off, take their laptops out. Like, they also just, they're usually not, like, super normal travelers so it's the same gripes that you had about regular security but, but then they doing, don't have to do yeah and like they're or they're they just don't know like they have their jackets on and they are they have their jackets off like it's just a whole like i just want to get through as fast as possible that, that's how I, I i almost think that they shouldn't put anyone that hasn't paid for pre-check into i agree with that into the pre-check thing because it just ruins it for everybody else because you get trained to a certain way and you know exactly what to do with the way that you normally travel. So I would say that it's just these people who have never traveled pre-check. I'm like, well, I know how to normal travel, so I'm just going to do my normal travel thing. And my thing would be like, man, how did you even realize that you were pre-check and then know that you get to go through the special pre-check line, but not know what the rules are? I almost feel like if I if I was given, oh, I'm smart, so <laughs> so this wouldn't happen. But if I had pre-check... Like if I was one of those normal regular travelers, I would probably just still go through the normal, through the normal line because I wouldn't I wouldn't know what the difference is. Well, sometimes they like they catch it on your boarding pass and then they send you into the other like the pre-check line versus the other line. So as you're like going to security, they go, oh, you have pre-check, and they send you into the other line. And so like you you might not even really you you would probably take it because it's always a shorter line and because you know you you generally know, oh, okay, maybe I don't have to take as much stuff off or out. 
The other thing that like they're inconsistent about too is like how much clothing you have on you. And and this is true for like all levels of security. So like sometimes they make you take your jacket off, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they make you take a scarf off, sometimes they don't. Sometimes my Fitbit's fine, other times it's not. Like that's the type of stuff where it in, really bothers in me. Pre-check? That in pre-check, yeah. Like that they're just inconsistent. Like I, like I might have my jacket on. Like, because it's a light jacket that I've gotten through the last eight out of ten times. But then this person's like, no, you have to take your jacket off. And then I, like, slow things down. So then I start just taking my jacket off. But then I, like, then I'm just taking my jacket off for no reason eight out of ten times. I just think they just need to be clearer, consistent. It's the typical absolute power corrupts absolutely. These people, you have just these these douchebags, ultimately. Like, and we have to remember who... TSA employees are. I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm not going to go into descriptions of them in any way. I don't want to be offensive because I do recognize that they are important. Well, honestly, are they that important? Uh, 9-11 happened and they didn't stop it. That probably sounds really, really bad, but just like, these are just regular people. They're not going to stop anything. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them. They just want to be douchebags about it. Be like, oh, I got, I got control, so um, take off that light jacket, miss. Right. Sheila, do you get searched a lot with all your travel? Like, uh, your, either your bags or do you get, like, a pat-down once in a while? Every, every now and then so I funny. get, like, a quick pat-down, like, in, like a random. But it's, it's pretty rare. I, I get it a lot more when we travel internationally. Like, I get randomed a lot internationally. But... I, not that I travel a lot internationally, but of the times that we do travel internationally, it's like if there's four different checkpoints, like two of those I'm going to get randomed, which I don't know why. But no, I don't, I don't know. I don't get random that much. And your bags don't get checked that often? No, I always carry on and like they never go through my bag. Because oh. I feel like any time I travel, one, either either of the ways I get like checked like my bag does or I have to get a pat down. They say it's random, but one time it was quote unquote random, but I was the only like Latina person in yeah, the Yeah, well you are dark skinned. <laughs> yep. And so I'm just like, oh I wonder why that, that was is interesting. I don't think I've ever been randomly checked to my knowledge. Maybe You don't? I've... You've never got a pat Unno- down? Unknowingly maybe I have been. Do they just do the pat down in front of everybody? Yeah, yes. not like Okay. A, then not... maybe I have been. Yeah. I think I've I have like been swap. once. Swab your hands, too. I don't remember that. Yeah, I get the swabs sometimes. They also will do, like, instead of the regular little, like, ding, 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 ding. What do you call that? Like, the the scanner that you walk through. Metal detector? Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, it can't be a metal detector. Yeah, like, the regular metal detector, like, the, the old school one. And then they have, like, the one where you hold your hands up and, like, it's more x-ray and fancy. Like, they'll random people with that to, like, do a whatever more. It's all... Like, I don't, I just think it's all kind of dumb, but there's a whole like Adam ruins everything episode on TSA and if it's actually useful and blah, blah, blah. But that might be a conversation for another day. Cause that's a, that's its yeah. own beast. But. Yeah, I know. We've just spent 10 minutes on security and security isn't even my major beef. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even where, that's not even where my problems come from. Yeah. Because the next step is the weight. So the like zone loading rules. I only have one complaint with this. It's just the people that crowd the zone loading area. And once again, this goes back to my thing that we can resolve a lot of this by eliminating bag checking fees. And I, I also understand that people are still not going to check bags even if it's free. But I think you'd at least get some people like myself who'd be like, 
all right, it's free. Like, it's free initially. Cool. I'll check my bag. Instead of when they come through finally, where it's like, all right, well, we overbooked the flight, so there's not going to be a, any overhead room, which I automatically go, hmm, there's not going to be any room for this fully booked flight for everybody to have a carry-on. So I think you owe me money. I think, like, granted, I know that airlines are huge corporations that are never going to that are never going to succumb unless it's like a major thing like Delta or not Delta United broke my guitar or whatever, who are never going to give you the, like the benefit of the doubt. We're like, okay, yeah, you're right. We are a very sleazy, crappy organization. That's just trying to prey on very good people. But I think if you provide that free checking, you're never going to have overhead bin issues that lead to most, if not all of the delays, honestly. I agree. I, I I will always still carry my bag on when I can because I don't trust them because I've had bags lost or held held captive for uh, those are different stories. But um, I will always carry my bag on. But even that in mind, I think it would eliminate a lot of people who like don't want to pay the fee. And so they're carrying their bag on. And then that is like 90 percent, I think, of the zone the zone loading problems and it does drive me crazy because a lot of times too like if i if i travel for work i'll get like you know work gets like decent priority but even if i'm like zone 1 which zone 1 is really like the equivalent of probably like 3 or 4 because they always all the airlines have their different um like their mileage groups or whatever and first class and people with kids and whatever so usually like zone 1 is actually like zone 4 but I'll usually get zone one, and by the time I'm even going to sit in zone one, there's, like, no overhead bin space, and I almost always have to put my bag, like, two to three rows at least behind where I'm sitting because people front-loaded, so when they got on the plane, they were putting their bags up in earlier seats, like, earlier rows because, like, I don't know, people just do this. Um, maybe it's because they're panicking and they think there's not going to be room at the back or like they're just not really thinking about the implications of that. But then I have to end up putting my bag a few rows back, which makes me a little bit crazy. Um, and a lot of people pay for that early zone privilege so that they hopefully can get overhead bin space. And then you still kind of don't. You still kind of get in like a you might get overhead bin space, but you end up in the back of the plane. Yeah. And I think that you solve a little bit of that problem with being able to check bags because one of my major things is what you just described is when people have to put their bags behind where they're where they're sitting i have a very strict rule that is you put it above you first or in front of you so what that means is you have to be very very aware of what's going on with with the flight and just like where everybody is seated. I know it's hard to know exactly where you're going to be sitting, but you definitely shouldn't be putting the bag way, way in front of you if you're in those early loading ones. I'm usually loading in zone three, almost always. I'm very frequently almost like the last person on the plane. More often than not, I will check my bag because they do the little, well, it's an emergency, so we have to do the... We have to do the sidecar, I forget what it's called, streetcar named Desire checking. And I, so, so I usually, I usually do that. I'm like, cool. It, I'm not, it's a direct flight. I have no problem. I don't think you're going to lose my bag. I'm yet to have a bag lost ever, but direct flight more than anything I have. 
a very high confidence level. So when I'm getting on the plane, I usually just do the little, it's just because people suck. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And it's whenever you're going to, ultimately it's private public transportation. It's a private company where, but you're traveling with a bunch of idiots. And what I do is I look down the plane and when I see how packed everything is, as I'm the last person getting on the plane, I'm like, all right, well, there's space here. There's only like 20 people behind me. So I'm assuming if you're in section one, that's another thing. They have to change how they get people on the plane. I don't care if you need extra time. Like, I, I know that we make these rules because we feel bad for disenfranchised people, but we really should. It's like, all right, it's just based on your seating, seating order. Uh, so get on, like, that's how we're going to get on. And then you don't have this problem of finding space and whatnot. I mean, you still would technically because there's not enough overhead space for everybody. But you don't also have these people that are in the very back who, to you, Sheila, like will put their stuff in like a more near to the front of the plane overhead bin compartment. And then ultimately it's just a domino effect that ruins it for everybody. Because as one of those people who is getting on the plane last, I have to just pick and choose and find somewhere to put my, put my stuff. So I feel very little sympathy when people have to go back and get their, what's it called? get their get their bag because they had to put it behind. I'm just like, nope, you have to wait because that, that just disrupts. I know that sucks for people like you, Sheila, because you're like, well, it wasn't my fault, but ultimately you going back is going to disrupt the flow of everybody getting off. And once again, it's not your fault, but that's what it does. So I got thoughts. So one is I also don't think that like – I don't, there's some people who think that your overhead bin space for your row is like yours. And like they, I've seen people on flights be like, there's, there's bags in here. And obviously there's no one in this row yet. You need to move your bag because this is my seat. I do not agree with that. I think that's definitely a no go. I think there's also, um, like all of the airlines kind of have different strategies for how they see planes. So you have, um, uh, Southwest, which does no seat assignments and you just, try to get a position as far as boarding so that you can get the seat that you want, which is interesting. And then there's, I don't know if it's JetBlue. One of the other airlines does it based on loading based on where you sit. So they try to load the back of the plane first and then load like, you know, moving forward so that fully those people, you know, in the back. Aren't idiots. Yeah. Well, the thing that's hard is like, you're always going to get people that show up later. And then the other thing that really bothers me is like people who are like crowding crowding the the zones when they're like group three and group one is boarding like just relax like everyone's blocking the pathways for everyone else in the airport depending on the airport can't get by and when you're just someone who's trying to get to your gate and another plane is loading it's super annoying i just don't understand that just like just chill for like a half a second and everyone like cuts in front of each other within zone loading which i also it's just like a weird place Confusing. in america that that doesn't really happen um, otherwise, like, I don't know very many places that people just blatantly cut and have no shame about it. But since you raised the topic of, like, getting your bag post-board it, or, or when you're getting off. So this is right for me because I, a, a few times lately, I've been like, let's say I'm in row 10 and my bag is in row 12. I do not want to wait for the entire plane to empty get to get my bag. And people don't. And I, when I see this happening, because it's it's kind of a clear sim- signal, like if someone's like, you know, the only waiting. person in a row, like waiting, 
I will just stop and let them come grab their bag and whatever. I'm talking like a couple rows back. I'm not talking about like, I don't know. Like, I just think it's clear. So I always just try to be polite and let them grab their bags so that they can get off and not just like charge through. But like so many people just charge through and they, they can see you. Like I've asked, like, can you, can you pause for just a second? Like, you know, done like the, you can't see me, but like the, the hand movement for like, can I grab my bag? And like, they just keep going. I have a, also like people who just like stand up immediately when the flight, like when the plane lands and like start like rummaging around and like, we're not, You're going, not going anywhere. anywhere. The gate, <laughs> like the door's not open. It's not going to be open for a while. People are like back to back, like trying to wrestle their bags down and like almost hitting people in the head with their bags. Like, I don't know. I just think like calmly, patiently be, be courteous to each other. Like we're going to get off, like be efficient, but like you don't have to rush. Like it's okay. I also think that, like, when there's um, people who If you need can to... rush, though, rush. Yeah, no, like, move, move quickly. Like, get off, get off the effing plane. Yeah, be efficient, but you don't need to, like, I'm barrel... the fastest person off the plane. I'm very, I'm also know why? very quick. <laughs> because I'm strong, and I can just one hand grab my thing and just keep walking. I don't, I don't even have to pause. One hand grab... I, I'm not even that strong. I'm not trying to say, like, I'm the strongest person in the world or anything, but that is a big... Big rule that I have: if you cannot lift it, you cannot take it on the plane. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 that there's something that goes with that though. If you can't lift it quickly, you can't take it on the plane. So sorry to all of you. This is going to sound like very ageist, and then also I can't think of who else might be because it's usually I see old people getting on the plane, and I'm just like, just check it. You got time to wait. You got time to. I see you at your retirement stuff. You guys just sit around. It's fine. Like, just check it. Go wait at the check-in carousel when you get off. Wait a, n- a nice five to ten minutes. You got your bag. Look at that. It just comes right to you. You don't have to ask someone else to help you get it up and get it down. Not talking about erectile dysfunction, I- which is also a common problem with the older community. But, I- like... Sorry. No, I keep doing that. I- no, but, but and then just because I... Like I said, I just take it one hand, pull it, and I'm off the plane. It's usually, once again, I say that bag checking is probably the biggest aspect of this entire thing. If they would just allow people to check their bags for free, you would get rid of a lot of these problems. I don't know. I didn't, wasn't traveling a lot before these new prices and whatnot were established. But I imagine it might have been more simple. Maybe not. Uh, but just... Just let people check their bags for free so we don't have to continue to have these problems of, well, where did I put my bag? I got to stop. I got to get off, whatever. Um, yeah, I just, I just have a real issue with a lot of carry-on things. Well, I wonder, like, because I don't fly Southwest a lot because Southwest doesn't have really good routes out of New York. But, like, California people fly Southwest a ton, and they don't have bag fees. So I wonder if, like, they have any actual proof that not charging people for their bags like does lead to and and their whole boarding process is different like their whole like to me it actually causes me a lot of anxiety I don't I don't like the boarding process for Southwest because I like to know where I'm sitting ahead of time um but I guess you could just pay for like early boarding and then you you're fine whatever but I don't I don't know Um, sorry I also have one rule with the with it's also if a travel mate can lift it for you that's fine as well so, like, if you're too weak to lift it for you, but someone you're traveling with can get it up, 
can get it into the overhead bin for you, I'm okay with that as well. But having other people do it for you and other people have to get it down because it's so heavy. And I do notice that there's a lot of like chivalry going on in plane loading stuff where it's just like they like uh, a man will see a woman who's probably 100% capable of getting the bag into the overhead bin. Just be like, oh, let me help you with that. And what I want to say to the dude is like, if she can get it up by herself, it's going to save everyone a lot of time just to let her do it as opposed to you two both taking up space and you trying to look all masculine. She's probably with someone already, buddy. She doesn't want to get with you. How many people have gotten married based on their first story being like, yeah, he helped me get my carry-on into the overhead bin? None. None. And no one's going to remember you either. No one's going to tell the story of the kind person who helped me get the thing in the overhead bin. It will always be a negative story. Something about like, oh yeah, this misogynist thought that I couldn't get it. Like, that's the only story you're going to hear. So it's better not to do it. That has happened to me. Not necessarily like guys trying to like help me to be chivalrous it's just like oh you look really small it looks like you can't lift that because i'm five two and not that i don't know you also look looking. like someone who might be carrying bags of gold because <laughs> my bags are really heavy i don't know they might just think, think that you're a person that's carrying bags of gold i don't know you're like a leprechaun <laughs> i i think too can we can we also like address like the types of bags because like yes. or or like what you put up there because uh, it drives me crazy when someone like puts a jacket up there and like yes. no one else has boarded the plane yet and I'm then I have to be like whose jacket is this I don't want to squish it like or unless have- well unless that jacket is their only carry on then I think it's fair right uh, I think you should wait until like all of the bags are in there and then whoa, 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 whoa. no 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 I'm saying like if they if they didn't put a carry on in the overhead bin. I think it's okay for them to put a jacket up there because they, they can even, bring a carry-on. But they I even don't. say like, what, they if br- you have why? smaller items, you why can't they bring it on? They can. They can. Put why it can't up they there. put in the carry-on? They didn't they, put a carry-on up there. They, can they put get it up one carry-on item. But that's not a carry-on. That's like your jacket. I think you should be able to put it up there. I just think the order. So in let's which you put let's it up define there. carry-on then. What's a carry-on? It has to be a bag. It has to be one of. It has to be like. Oh, I'm a, I'm a stupid person who brought on this giant bag that's taking up a lot of space. Not a, oh, I just want to put my jacket up there because I didn't bring a carry-on. I, I don't, well, okay, there's like a lot of nuance here because I don't think that there, like, it's never been the case where someone can't put their jacket up there. It's the order in which they put their jacket up there and it takes up a bag, that a, a space that a bag could otherwise be in. Which a jacket then you, does? Yeah, and then it you It takes can, up the space of an entire bag. No, no, no. Listen, because if you put your if you put the jacket and you just lay it down, it takes up a whole space that someone's bag is is going to go in. So then when you go to put your bag in there, you have to be like, "Excuse me, whose jacket is this? Can I put my bag in and then put your jacket on top?" All I'm saying is wait until the plane has boarded and then you have plenty of op- opportunities to put the jacket up there. You'll always have a place for the jacket. They also have sections in the plane where you can hang up your jacket. Most planes do. I, I would operate from a point of if they put it in like that, where it's just like laying down, you're free to put it there. Cause I agree with you. Like, yeah, that takes up an entire space, but you can just lay it on top of the jacket then. Well, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't lay it on top of someone's jacket or it's like the other thing that I get it is like suit jackets. Because they do, you don't want to like ruffle up or crumple up a suit jacket, and so you get these people that will like lay a whole suit jacket across the like the whole thing. And I'm like, what? You, if someone did just throw their bag on your suit jacket, it's gonna mess up your suit jacket. So like, why are you doing this? There's also a section in the plane for you to hang your suit jacket. Like, if you're a person who's traveling, 
because you're a business traveler and you have a suit, you should know that. Like, it just, I just think, this one doesn't actually get me really fired up. I just think it's, like, courteous to wait to put small items like that until all the bags are in because it slows the plane process, boarding process down to have to be like, whose is this? Can I move it? Blah, blah, blah. They got to allow free bag checks. That's what they got to do. I think that solves so many, so many problems. Once again, I know not everybody's going to use it, but I think you'd be, you get however many that they always ask for, like, all right, we're going to need 20 bags. I bet you get 20 people each flight willing to check their bags if it's free from the beginning. And then you don't have to waste the time of, all right, well, uh, we have an overbooked flight, so we're going to need uh, 20 bags because they're already checked. It's just like, okay, cool. Like we're, we're good right now since people have checked their bags. I'm actually not sure about that because I've increasingly been in situations where like they are saying that the plane is booked up and that they need people to, they need like 20 people to check their bags and they really struggle to get people to check their bags and it's free. And in almost all these cases, it's a direct flight. So it's not like the connection is the concern. I think people, I, I, speaking for myself, I don't want to wait for baggage claim. I want to get off the plane. I want to have my bag and I just want to go. And well, I think a lot of people do it out of spite too. Just like, no, I'm not going to check it. You, you guys, it, this is your fault. It's not my fault. I think there is a little bit of that going on. Because yeah. I would probably, if I had direct flights, I'd probably just, I also, if I could do it plane side check-in every single time and it's free, I would probably just do it that way as opposed to like, oh, you have to go stand in the check-in line. That's another problem. I don't want to stand in lines. I just don't want to wait for baggage claim. I hate waiting for baggage claim. I've never had, like, usually I have to wait maybe two or three minutes when I get down to the carousel. I know that's not typical probably for a lot of people, but it's usually the bags are already coming through after I've got off the plane, walk through the entire, walk through the entire airport to get to the baggage claim area. I don't really have to wait that long, but I, I also get not having to wait the, the 10 minutes or whatever. If you're seated in the back of the plane, like usually like a lot of airports are pretty efficient that by the time you get off, like it's ready, like, cause it takes probably an extra 10 minutes to, to deplane if you're in the back. But I don't know. I just like to, I, I am efficient. I like to put my bag in. Like if, if everyone like traveled like me and the airlines made sure that there was enough room for people that travel like me, I put my bag, I sit down. I'm very efficient. I get my bag off. I get like, I'm fast and I'm just like out of the airport. I don't want to spend any more time in the airport than I ever have to. What kind of bag do you got? Is it a roller? Yeah. Boo. 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 I prefer, I think rollers are better if they are not overstuffed and that they are the smaller rollers that you're not trying to force into the overhead bin. They're better than duffel bags that can be formed in any way that you want them to be formed. Um, I think that they're efficient, especially in the new planes that you can turn them on their side lengthwise and you're able to stack like four into one overhead bin very efficiently. Because sometimes you get like those like big military backpacks or whatever that like do take up more space than a roller on its side because they are weird shaped and like they're just a little bit too big. So you hate the military. Cool. All right, Katie. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say it's like hard to to say because they're like bags vary even the roller bags they're huge to small like different shapes and sizes so like when you go to travel and you go to put your bags up it's not going to fit well if there are 10 different kinds of bags that people are taking on well my my problem with the roller just in general is it is a there are solid points on it that are not able to be smashed at all so no matter what this is the size that it has to be and it has to be in this shape as well. Whereas with the duffel bag that I usually go on with, like I can, 
it's still going to be the same amount of room, but like I can smush it so it gets skinny and then it gets taller or I can make it so it gets flatter and wider. That's what I like about it is it just allows for that diversity within the, as opposed to like, all right, well, I have this square that has to, it's like, like the duffel bag is more like a Tetris block that you can choose. And then the roller bags are the Tetris blocks that Tetris gives to you. You have no choice over the matter. Like, all right, I have to make this, I have to make this fit exactly the right way. Whereas with the bag, it's like, ah, I can mold this. I can make it fit in a little bit. And I, but there are people who overstuff both bags, to be yeah, fair, whether bags. it be duffel yeah. or whether it be the rollaway ones. I just like with duffels, at least you have that flexibility, literal flexibility of the bag. Yeah, I think that it just depends on your bag. Like some people's shape of bag is not conducive for efficient boarding. Yeah, so and, I think I can, that, and I think that's true for rollers as those well. Those hard shell ones. Yeah. <laughs> anytime I see those hard shell ones, I judge that person. Like that's, <laughs> I'll buy a duffel. I'll buy it, but duffels cost $50. You can get yourself a nice People duffel. People don't want to carry it. Oh, that's right. People are lazy. That's why we have an obesity epidemic because, <laughs> oh, heaven forbid I actually have to do some sort of exercise uh, after I've been sitting on this giant metal plane for three to four to five hours doing nothing except for watching Netflix and watching all of these other shows that Delta's offering. Oh, I don't want to have to hold this bag for a, an entire half a mile or less before I get into the car that drives me to the next destination that I have. And then, oh, I have to carry it the hundred feet into the house. Oh my goodness. I, I wish I could just roll this. You, you are like in fuego today. I am. I, 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 I hate so much. Like I, I not hate so much. Like they're just like certain things where it's like, oh my, if it makes everything better for everybody else, let's just do that. <laughs> Although there's also, I know that they're, they've gotten pretty good at some duffel bags that just the wheels are the only thing that's solid. So they are getting better at that. I have seen some that I'm like, mm, that seems like I, something I'd be okay with that like you could roll and is also kind of, I just don't like that forced, that fixed nature of a lot of roll away bags. I think it's hard just because not everyone has the same bag. Like if everyone had the same uh, dimensions of a roller bag and like uh, obeyed this overstuffing or whatever, like it'd be fine. It would go, it, everything would fit very nicely and it'd be fine. But everyone has different sizes of bags, even duffel bags. And like, it just turns into a, turns into us. But like sometimes people walk on with like a bag of stuff that they just bought in the airport. So really they have their carry-on, their personal item, and a second personal item. And then they try to put their second personal item, whatever it was, like up in the overhead bin. And it's like a, just a small weird bag. that ends, it's, it's the same thing with the jackets to me. And like just wait and put it up there. There will be space. But it's slowing us down by having this random like item up there that I'm going to have to find out whose it is to ask to move it. Just wait. Uh, this goes to my next point that I kind of want to discuss is, once again, people suck. Seating assignments make me so upset. I have written down here, hold strong and say no. No matter what, you're going to come off as a douchebag to the person who's asking you to switch seats. But to everyone else on the plane, you are going to be a true hero, especially if you paid extra for your seat. Someone comes up and says, oh, my wife and I aren't sitting together, like, aren't sitting together. Would you guys mind switching with us? 
Absolutely not. I'm sorry that you're irresponsible and decided not to purchase seats next to each other to spend the extra $100 or $200. If it's so important to sit next to each other, pay that extra price to sit next to each other. Have we, have we ever been separated on a flight before? I think so, but it wasn't a full flight, so we ended up sitting next to each other. Like, what flight was it? Like, I honestly to California. can't... I honestly can't think of a time where we were actually separated. Because whenever I buy the tix, tickets on one card, they always put us together next to each other. I, can't, I honestly can't think of a time. I thought it happened. But, like... Is it the I'm end a, of the world, Sheila? No, it's No, not. like, it's like we're adults, so we just live our life. Like, we've had it quite a few times, like, or not quite a few times, I don't know why I said that, but we've had a few times where, like, I get a window and he gets the other window across the way, like, and, I, and we're like, all right, well, see you in a few hours, like, <laughs> it, like I'm not going to ask anyone to move. Because I go to the, wait, it's so important for you guys to spend time right now on this plane ride, I would love to just be a fly on the wall for your regular relationship. Do you guys just spend every waking moment with one another? Is it because you don't spend time with one another that... On this plane, that's the only it's the only together time that you're going to have. That's why it's so important for you to be together right now, because uh, I just like you're, you'll be fine. It's a it's a three hour flight. You'll be fine. Get get over it. I, but I what really it, upsets me are like the children ones though. Just like oh, can I sit next to my six, sit next to my kid? I'm like, you are you are a terrible parent. You are so irresponsible and probably should have never had a kid. That one, I feel like, can be the airline's fault sometimes. Like, I've heard stories of people that book their their seats together and then things get weird and then the airline, like, screws them over. But Or, like, if you're in a, I don't know, like a, a Southwest. But, yeah, you'd have to pay more money to just make sure that you can all sit together. But I agree. I don't, I don't get the – I'll switch seats with someone if it's, like, an, the same or better seat. Like, I don't really – and I, it's not going to slow down any other part of the boarding process. Like, it usually does, though. It usually does slow down the boarding process because ultimately everyone has to be seated by that time. If anyone is still getting on the plane, any switch of anything is, is, is probably disrupting the flow of let's just GTFO on this, on this flight. But if it's a better seat, absolutely. Yeah. Unless I've already put my bag way too far behind, then it's like, well, this sucks. Uh, because I'm going to have to wait. Either way, I'm going to have to wait. It's like I'm still sitting in the exact same seat. I'm not getting off any time earlier. Well, like a, a travel hack or whatever. Like if you travel a lot, like two people that travel a lot together, they like one of the tricks is you book. You when you go to book, you find a row that's empty and you book the aisle and you book the window. And ideally, no one picks that middle seat. Like if you know if the plane doesn't sell out, people aren't going to just like choose a middle seat unless they really have to. And so then, like, if someone does buy that middle seat, then when the time comes, you can just either switch with them for the middle. Like, one of you can switch for the middle. Like, that's, like, a pretty common thing. So then if you're switching, like, if you're the person that's being asked to switch, you're moving from a middle seat to a... Window or aisle. Yeah. And, like, What is the better seat? I've never done. It's, like, personal preference. That's definitely personal preference. I like the aisle. I hate bothering people to get out. Like, I, it, I just hate it so much. I don't want to wake people up. I just don't like it. I don't mind if people ask me to move from the aisle because I'm usually awake and working or something. But I just, I'm an aisle person. I thought I was a window person, but recently I've been getting, like, I don't know if it's motion sickness or, like, anxiety sickness on planes. And so I'm like, yeah, it's probably better that I sit on the aisle. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really care where I sit because ultimately... 
I mean, it depends on who you're sitting next to now that I think about it, but middle seat doesn't really bother me that much because ultimately all I'm doing now that I have my noise canceling headphones that are unreal game changers for flying, you can't hear anyone, you can't hear the plane. It's, it's honestly my, my dream not having to listen to strangers talk, <laughs> talk to me or anything like that. But I think with the middle seat, though, comes the, I don't know who, own, I, I, I've, I've always assumed that if you're in the middle seat, you own both armrests. The person in the window seat has to lean onto the window. The person on the aisle seat has to lean on the aisle seat. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, a rule or an Alex rule, as I would describe most of these things. That's more just what I assume it is, but it doesn't bother me either way if people are hogging the, hogging the armrests, unless they're super aggressive about it. Do you think that someone's elbows should ever cross the armrest line? No. No, absolutely not. Like it's yeah. like so they're coming into your seat. Yes. Yeah, I mean they didn't pay for your seat, so no. Yeah. Exactly. So I I don't know if this happens to women more, or I just have really bad luck, or it happens yes. to everyone. But I constantly, like I would say sixty to seventy percent of the flights that I'm on, if I am seated next to a man, this does also happen sometimes with women. Will take it doesn't matter whatever seat I'm in if I'm in the aisle if I'm in the middle if I'm in the the window seat whatever armrest we're sharing I will get full arm full lean full elbow in my space and like it it actually drives me crazy and I've gotten to the point where I'm like I do like nudge back like I will like just assert my space I'm talking like full elbow like into my side where I'm having to lean over to to if I were to like, um, you know, be amenable to like what they're trying to do, that to me is bananas. Also, like if you're a knees. big enough, what? Knees. Knees yeah, too. legs. Yeah, I've, I like, have had guys. legs where I have said, nope, move, move. Like you get, you get this, you get this area. Put your arms on the armrest. You get all of this. You get nothing else. I'm sorry yeah. that your backpack's too big for your legs. That's your own personal problem. A hundred percent agree. Like that, and that happens all the time too. Like, why are you putting a backpack that's the size of a carry-on bag under your seat? Like, you shouldn't have brought that bag. Check I'm okay with that. Bags. I'm okay with that. You just have to deal with the yes, consequences. Yes, yes, yes. You just have to like. Agreed. You don't get to like because I fly so efficiently that I just. I, I probably once again love self-aggrandizing, Alex. I fly so efficiently that I never have problems. I'm also not that tall, so it doesn't affect me that much. But eh, that's a that sounds like a personal problem. Uh, you should probably quit making fun of short people because you have to have the struggle on airplanes. So, and I do not like I. It's very nice for me, and I'm not going to allow you to come over. And there was a guy on a plane uh, uh, when I was traveling to Vegas recently, and he was definitely dominating the armrest. But I would just I just put mine like right underneath, so his was like at the front part of the armrest, and I just put mine below his, which was fine for me. Yeah, like if you're if you're not encroaching on the other person's space i think you can you can share the armrest just like that or you can just stay within like your space like your your little vert you know like the space between the armrest and the space between the seats this is by far this issue is like what pisses me off the most when i travel like i almost always send a text to like aaron or someone whoever i was talking to at that point in time being furious that like yet another person is elbowing into my body on a plane. And it, I, I swear, it's. I think it's like men who are taller that think that they're entitled to that space, not to be all like feminine. It's like, it's a pattern. It's like a clear pattern of like 
men, like usually like older, like not older, but like hairy. They're usually hairy. Like 28 to like 55. And like they think that they have the right to my complete space. And also they're not working on laptops. That's like I'm usually on my laptop, which is hard to condense your elbows and make like be small, but I do it. Like, just, I get that. So, like, if you're working on a laptop, I could understand your elbows, like, coming out every now and then. It's, like, people that are, like, watching Netflix on their phone and, like, leaning over, like, leaning into my space. Like, bot, like your whole, if your shoulder is leaning into my shoulder and taking up multiple inches of my chair, like, I, I just sends me, it sends me into a rage. And, like, the last, was I, was I chatting you? Who was I talking? Someone I was talking to. I know to your last this. flight that you were on, you had an issue. Yes. So this guy is like, he's watching Netflix on his little tray on his phone and he's full on like leaning into me. He like, he has no reason. There's two seats. He has the, he has the window seat. Just lean against the window. Just stay out of my space. And so I started to like assert my position and like lean back. He didn't care. He just like was like, all right, well, I guess we're leaning into each other. And like eventually he like probably I just got moved. off on it. <laughs> eventually I just like moved around a lot cause I was typing and like he, he moved, but then he would come back in like the next 20 minutes. And I like, I almost said something because like, it's hard for me to have confrontations like that in public with people. Well, but, in, like, a, in a confined space yes. where you have to be trapped with the person for a while. Yes. I'm like, what is your problem? Like Lee, get out of my space. This come is on, not Carl. Yours. What do you think? I'm like some little lady who's not going to say anything. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it, Carl. You were right. You you assumed correctly on this one. I'm going to go on a podcast and put you on last. I wish, I hope his name really is Carl and someone can reach out to us and let us know if uh, if they know him. (laughs) But uh, I just, here's what sucks. Like you're always going to be traveling with really crappy people. So the more people that can just be cool and nice about everything, the more ultimately like the the better etiquette that you have the more likely you're going to have people on your side when a crappy situation like that comes up obviously don't make a huge hullabaloo about certain things because then the flights get delayed because they're like oh we got an incident so now we can't fly but i think for the most part i don't think anybody's ever told me to do anything on a plane before but it's just because i'm a nice traveler but one thing i think this i have this on here but i don't think it's really that much of an issue anymore talking to your seatmates now that most planes have TVs built in that you can watch. Everyone has their phones. Everyone has noise-canceling headphones or at least headphones or whatever. I don't see this as much of an issue anymore, but I used to hate it when I traveled. And I, I get the need that some people just need something to do, but if, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, just accept it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to say that. I'm not looking to have like a huge discussion on it. I'd rather move to the reactions to turb- turbulence parts that I have here. Don't fly. If you're if you're that scared of turbulence and things like that, don't get on a plane. There should not be any audible gasps. There should not be any any panicking because when you start to panic, you make other people scared. You don't get to fly. If if you're not really willing to take that risk, don't get on the plane. It's oh, literally I disagree. It's Yeah, I disagree too. <laughs> Because I mean, I don't make a huge deal out of it, but if it like surprises me, I like literally gasp and then I sometimes like get sick, but I don't like let it affect anybody else. Sounds like you shouldn't fly. <laughs> I think, I think that there's times I've gotten mad 
that, that people have overreacted in moments because of exactly what you're saying. Like it, it freaks everyone, everyone else. Out. else. Yeah. So like the, a specific example was we were on this flight and it was like a smaller plane, like the kind that only has two seats on either side. Um, and it was, it was bumpy, but as we were going to land the, it, there was like some it, like big dip, I don't know, an air pocket. I don't even know what causes those types of things, but there was a very, very big drop as we were about to land. So it was like, you could see the ground, like obviously you can always see the, we were very close to the ground. Um, and it was like a very big drop and like a woman screamed. And like, I was freaking out. Like it, like, it definitely put me on edge, like her screaming or not, because it was such a big drop. But like her screaming, like I instantly turned from fear to like rage because I was like, you just freaked everyone else out so much more. But I also like as a human understood that like I probably wanted to scream too because it was really freaky and but you held it back I held it back but like people are human and flying is scary especially if like there it's a very then don't fly but like you have to face your fears right so how are you going to get better at it unless you do it and so I, I'm not hanging out with snakes all the time I'm scared of snakes yeah but like snakes aren't part of like have having to try and get around the world like if you have Drive. to travel that's not practical. Like, am I supposed to? No, it's not... not practical. It's not practical, but it's not my problem either. But like, the trade-off is that you feel a little nervous because someone gasped at a moment of ter- turbulence versus like thousands and millions of people who have fl- like flight phobia. Listen, like, my goal is really... to get is to get as many people off of flights as possible so I can enjoy my flying experience more. So <laughs> the more people I can get to no longer fly, the better. Honestly, once electric cars become a significant reality as far as traveling goes, I will stop flying. The only thing that I hate about driving right now is that I'm the one driving and I have to focus on the road for eight hours. If I could like play PlayStation for eight hours, watch Netflix TV for eight hours, I would have no problem just driving in a car. So I think inevitably we're going to get to a point where, I don't know if it would be like a New York to California trip. I'd probably still fly in that case. But most of my within 600... 700 miles of driving, I'm going to start driving as opposed to, to flying because it's just not worth having to deal with all of you, you crappy, crappy people. And then, but I do love dealing with all of you really, really kind people on flights. Yeah, you're well. on fire today, Alex. So I so just said you often, kind people on fire how often, on the flights. How often do you actually hear people gasping and free? Like, how often, A, do you have that turbulent of flights and then B, like people not very reacting? often. Well, Not you've flown often. with me. Am I scared to fly with because I overreact, apparently? Well, I don't think you overreact. Like, there's a huge thing, too, where when you're traveling with a travel companion as well, because I know you, one, you don't do, like, the audible gasp. You'll, like, grab me. But I'm just like, she didn't make an audible noise. We're fine. Everything is fine. But it's the it's the person who grabs the person that they don't know that i think is a terrifying it just it scares the other person you don't know the i don't want to say trauma cuz it's not trauma but you don't know the pressure you don't know the fear that you've just instilled in that person by doing that all because this sounds terrible all because you're too weak to handle the turbulence how many planes crash a year i go back to that yeah, how many but planes like, crash a year aren't... People are in general. People are irrational, so stay yeah. off the get off the planes. If you can't travel, don't get on the plane. So a funny story. So I don't know if I told you this, but the, that same uh, trip that where I had the guy, the one flight, the flight back 
was a woman. The woman sitting next to me had, like, a couple people, a man come over to her at some point and a woman. Like, they were traveling together. And at some point, we were talking. And I don't, we don't usually talk. But somehow, we started talking. And it turns out she was flying Charles back Lindbergh's. to back. She, I couldn't hear you. But she was flying. So the flight was a New York to L.A. flight or San Francisco flight. So that's a six-and-a-half-hour flight one way and, like, five-and-a-half hours the other way. She was flying round trip so she was flying from new york to san francisco and then immediately one hour later getting on a flight back to go back to new york because her 30 something year old son and his wife his new wife were wanting to go on vacation but he had like a total panic about flying like the week before and so he she she said if i fly with you there Will that will you be able to do it? And he would. Like he said yes. So he had such bad phobia or whatever that his mom flew with him and she did that back to back. I and I was like, I would you are the nicest mom because if I if that was my kid, I would be like, You're on your own. See you later. Here's a Xanax. Good luck. Take a take a shot and hope you make it. Like I like that to me is the extreme end of that spectrum where like, yeah, you probably should just learn to tough this out. But hey, he had a mom that was willing to drop 500 bucks to round trip support him. I, I don't know. Well, I have fears and phobias of flying. Like crossing the Atlantic is terrifying for me. I keep it in though. I don't like, did you, did you get the sense that I was terrified crossing no. the ocean? No. no, because I'm a good person who tries to make everybody else feel as comfortable as possible around me. Just quit. Like, my thing is more just the effect that you're having on the people. Like, it already sucks that we're in this plane with like 800, probably not 800 people. We're already in this plane with 500 people and we're making this 13 hour flight or whatever. It's not 13 hours. Once again, I'm making up a bunch of crap right now. I'm adding numbers to inflate the, the grandioseness of it. But it's, we, we all got our phobias. We all got our stuff that we're scared of. Man, could you imagine if I was snakes on a plane? That would be so terrifying. I'd be more scared. I'd be more scared of the snakes than the than the flying aspect of it. That'd be so. That would because if you think about it, you are stuck in this giant tube with all of these people that you're just trying to make it to the next destination with. Because I hear these stories about people that do freak out on planes and then crazy things start happening. I'm like, I wouldn't. I don't know how people handle those situations. I just would likely kill that not kill but physically i would physically hurt those people as much as i could not hurt uh restrain physically restrain those people as much as i could to the point of them passing out hopefully or to the point where they die no just kidding (laughs) but uh it's just i wish there was i can't wait until i'm rich enough to never have to fly with regular people again because regular people (laughs) are the worst not that and by regular i don't mean like rich are crazy too it's just what's nice about the rich being rich is like you can do everything on your own right but i just it just infuriates me so much sorry like people go back to this quote fairly frequently from men in black a person is smart people are whatever it is people are crazy people are stupid is what he says yeah well and in those like tight confines of a plane like people do freak out really quickly and not just about turbulence but like um you know like every now and then you get a sick passenger or you get someone who's just like uh, like giving a lot of sass to the to the uh flight attendants and you're like what's this gonna turn into like why is this person overreacting yeah. i had a please I had... don't sexually assault that person mr drunk man 
<laughs> please don't do that. Yeah. Just don't ever do that. Yeah. It, it, like the last a couple of flights ago, someone was really sick on the plane and then, you know, they call over the loudspeaker like, is there a doctor on board? And like my immediate thought is like, oh my God, it's the outbreak. This is how it starts. Like <laughs> starts when I see, when I hear people coughing yeah. frequently, it scares the crap out of me. Yeah. It's, it's literally like, oh, they got the monkey virus. Whatever the monkey virus is from the movie Outbreak, that, that that's what they're, they probably were just, their scientific <laughs> researcher who got that, who got the Ashley Judd. Is Ashley Judd in that? I have no idea. I know Morgan Freeman's in it. Well, did you, did you hear about the plane that was from Dubai that landed in New York that they quarantined because when, like, between taking off and landing, like, the reports when they landed was like a hundred people on board have fallen ill. Um, and so they quarantined the plane. I think it was at JFK or LaGuardia and like they were stuck there for like four hours. Like CDC had to show up, like it turned into this whole thing. And I was like, Oh my God, this is how it starts. Like this is like the start of like world war Z or like, you know, whatever outbreak movie it is. Turned out like someone there's someone, there was a sickness. People got sick. But like if I was on that plane and people just started getting really sick over the course of like 12 hours, I would freak out, freak out, like punch someone. I'd get off that plane, run away and then infect everyone else because I am not a rational human. I I have no offense, Sheila. I have a feeling once you punch somebody, I think you'd be restrained fairly quickly (laughs) by the rest of, by the rest of the people. I don't know if you'd be able to run off the plane. I don't I, like. I don't want to be too judgmental, but I'd be very impressed. I would be very impressed. Like, yep, Sheila was the lone sur- well, not lone survivor, the lone escapee <laughs> of the of the quarantine plan. I'm like, wow, that she doesn't deserve to go to jail for that. She deserves a medal. <laughs> that took creativity. That took, yeah, that's very impressive. Uh. So my last thing, uh, now that we're at about an hour right now, is exiting the plane. I feel like you kind of talked about this already, Sheila, where with like the whole. Nobody needs to stand up. We'll go aisle by aisle. Let's let's just get off. But there is one point, and I think most people know that. Like, let's get off as efficiently as possible. It goes back to the if you can't carry the bag on and put it up or take it down, don't bring it on. But one thing that infuriates me is when someone behind me, I hear them go, "Oh, I have a I have another flight to make." Usually, if it's a significant delay, I won't judge these people as much. But when it's a very, very short delay that we experienced, I judge them a lot. I'm like, wait a second. We just had a 20-minute delay, like literally delayed 20 minutes, and your flight is departing in 30 minutes? That's poor planning on your part. First of all, pony up, pay the extra $200 for a direct flight. Second, how about you just plan it better so you have like two hours? Give yourself, I think that should be your minimum amount of time if you have a connecting flight to give yourself. Then if it's like, oh, our flight was delayed an hour and a half, then I have a little bit more sympathy for you and and more likely to let you go. Don't try to get off this plane. Like going back to your efficiency thing, Sheila, don't ruin my efficiency due to your inefficiencies. So I think I, I agree with what you said. So I, when there are situations where there is a major delay and the flight attendants are the ones that say, can everyone just stay seated? We have some people who need to catch a flight. I'm all for that. I, I've been in that situation. I've appreciated it immensely, especially because like you could be like because of that delay, you might get stuck in a city overnight because you won't make the next flight. And that has been like the game changer. What got me to get home, you know, that night instead of getting stuck in some other city. So I am very empath- or you know sympathetic to that situation. People who 
that is not the situation and they're just trying to push past people, I have no patience for it all. Like, you t talk to the flight attendants before we land. If you're concerned about it, you've been tracking it for the last hour or two hours or whatever, you know what the situation is. You, are, you should have already been talking to the flight attendants. Um, and so, but I do think one part or one bit that we may slightly disagree on is I think it's part, partly the airline's fault for how close they will book connections sometimes. Um, I'm increasingly finding that like there will be a flight that the connection, I'm booking it with the same airline, the airline is suggesting this flight to me, that the connection is like 30 to 45 minutes, which is completely insane. Like you have Yeah, no but you don't, you don't, you, Sheila, wouldn't do that, right? You would find another connecting flight. I, I don't like to travel that way, so no, I would not take that risk. But if you're someone who doesn't know, like you don't travel often, you're trusting the airline that they're not, like that that's possible. Like I could see someone... I don't travel often, but once again, I'm not an idiot. I don't travel often, and I would never do that. Well, I think sometimes people think like the airport's really small, like Sacramento or like Salt Lake. I think that's doable, you know? But if it's like a really, really big airport... That's well, not when possible. we traveled to when we traveled to England. Like we initially had that, and I was like, "No, this isn't going to be a good idea." And it, we switched it to about an hour and a half. I think is what it ended up being our entire wait time. There was no delays or anything on our part, but man, thirty minutes. You got to have like so this person that like this is literally a what just happened on a flight that I was on. Like, oh no, we have like our flight is taking off in twenty minutes, and I'm just like. So I think it was a total of 40 minutes. It was like, why would you like, nope, you don't get to, you don't get to get off before me. One, because it's going to hold up everything and it's going to be impossible. Like everyone's already standing up. It's already screwed up. There's no way that you're, you're going to be able to get through that. It's actually probably more efficient. Like let's just wait and don't piss off the people that are in front of you. So they go slower intentionally. Cause they're like, not my problem just to be douchebags. But I, I just, I don't know. Like I, that's that's a personal. Don't trust that. Who, who who's telling people to trust airlines? Like the, literally one of the most disingenuous type of companies, right below banks. We we're going to be trusting airlines to be making our financial decision and travel decisions for us when we know that airlines just screw people over all the time. I mean that that's all the news is about. Like all the time. Like oh they beat up that guy. That's a doctor. On United, oh, Delta beat up a mom who wanted to sit with her kid. I may, I don't know if that one happened. I know the doctor thing with the United guy happened. I'm just making up examples now. But I, like we know that they're crappy, crappily run organizations. <laughs> I don't think that the if you bought that flight that has a 40 minute connection, like that you have that that then excuses you for pulling that move where you're like, I need to get off the plane faster. Like I I don't think it makes an excuse. I just think that there is responsibility on the airlines part that they should never book those tickets in the first place. Like it's, it, that also messes up when those people do miss their flights. They're also the ones that are at the gate. They're talking to the flight attendants, trying to find another flight. Like they're, you know, that holds up other people that might have other things that they're trying to get done. Like it's just not a good idea. And I wish airlines didn't offer them or like they were very, very clear about like the, you know, the trouble it would cause, but I still don't think that means you get to get off the plane early. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's my last thing. I think you already kind of talked about the like people waiting to pick people up and not wanting to go into the roundabout 
when we were talking about getting to the airport. So I don't really have much more to say about that. I know that a lot of airports have a place where you can wait and then someone can text you and let you know when you can leave that waiting area. I know Salt Lake does. Like whenever, when I used to pick up friends from the airport, I would just go to that waiting area and then they text me and then I drive up, pick them up and leave. So it was fairly efficient that way. But I don't know. Like I got a couple. You should, you should not be waiting there. Yeah. I agree. Well, and I, I'm finding New York, it's really like Ubers that are waiting there, which is what really bothers me. Because that's why we ended up with like a separate lot for Ubers, and then it's really hard to get over to the lot, and it's just annoying. Anyway, um, I, another one I hate is when I do have to check a bag, and everyone crowds baggage claims oh, so yeah. that you cannot see if your bag is even coming out. That makes me crazy. Not as much as the elbows in my side, but like pretty crazy. <laughs> um, I also we got this but like those walking sidewalks in the airport like that to me rights and left yes stay like also like i don't i just fundamentally don't understand people who just stop and stand on walking sidewalks like unless you're old like you know like you have like a disability or something like you you know where do you whatever. have to yeah like that's cool whatever but like people who just like stop and like I don't know. I guess like people can have illnesses that I can't see, but I'm like, you look like you're very healthy. Why are you just standing? Like, I, I just don't get it. But if you're going to stand, get over, stand to the right, because I'm using those because I need to get somewhere quickly. And I'm using that to be more efficient, to get where I'm going faster, not because I'm lazy. It's because I want to get there faster. And the amount of times that like full families or whatever, like with their strollers and whatever, are just like completely blocking that or like it's just the Costco standing in the effect middle. is what I call it. Oh my God, it makes me crazy. I, that's like where you I should never, reading. you should never stack up anywhere in public. There should never be a line of more than two people. So I, I call it the Costco effect because you have the person who has the cart and then you can have the person right next to that person. You extend more than that, you're just taking up way too much space, especially people that are, this is gonna sound terrible, that are obese. So you're actually probably taking up like two spots. So it's probably better just to go in single file, file in that situation. When Katie and I go to Costco, we're always single file. And so I think it's similar with planes and, and flying, or no, the, those walkways that you're talking about, even, even not the, the automated walkways, I don't know what they're called. Like anywhere in the thing, you don't, because you're carrying rollaway bags, carrying rollaway bags, you've already extended, you've ultimately made yourself, in a sense, I can't think of a better, like, you're adding a second person, basically. Yeah. So if you're walking next to someone and you both have rollaway bags, that's four people. Single file, two people, and you're fine. There's no reason, uh, this goes back to my, my entire point from the very beginning. So coming full circle with this entire thing is... When did you guys all of a sudden become like best buds? Like, oh, now now is the time that we're going to spend all of our time talking and trying to get to know each other and whatnot. Just like, no, just just treat it like you do when you're at home. Don't talk to one another. Get in, get the single file line. Get to where you're going. You don't need to, to talk about whatever you're talking about. It's probably stupid based on the conversations that I've heard at airports. You can have your, have your fun conversations when you sit down in the waiting area. Have your fun conversations when you're finally in your Uber, in your taxi, and what if when someone picks you up, that's when you guys can have your fun conversations. You don't need to be having it right now. Or, you, you know what? Have them just be single file. Like, it's not hard to but just Sheila, like, But Sheila, turn here's around. the problem with that, though. It's not hard to turn around if it's just two people, but when you have three people, then it does become a problem True. to like yes. be able to communicate with each other. 
True. I what you said. I just also think like there are other options, and you could still get out of my way. Like just get out of the way. Like that's true. Not flying. I go back to most people shouldn't (laughs) fly. That's that's the ideal situation for me, honestly. Yeah. Fewer people traveling. (laughs) That would also be nice. It would be. And but I still like as long as I don't raise the flight cost. I just want to have enough money that I can fly like nice first class or alone. <laughs> Seriously. That's the dream. Me too. I'll get there eventually. I don't travel that much anyway, so it's really not that big of an issue. Well, do you guys have anything else to add? I am good. I'm well, good. Next... Good. Uh, the next time we have something we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, SoundCloud, and anywhere podcasts are stored. Literally anywhere. Feel free to email your comments to us at we want to talk about it now at gmail.com or comment on any of our social media platforms. Even better, leave us a written review on iTunes. We love you and always will. Remember, don't be a dick. And let's keep being better. Sorry, that one's that, that one's gonna be sucked. dope. That, that one's gonna like be a good one. The tensest one of all of them. Man, what's great about it though is because it's such a um, pointless. Like it's such a. Jackets. It's not a pointless topic. It's not a pointless. It's very relatable. That and people should do a lot of the things that that we said on it. it that's what makes it great. Like it's just like, eh, ultimately it ends up not mattering because it's not like we travel together very often. So like, it's you're not you're not affecting me, Sheila, with how you do stuff. <laughs> Well, what's the the jacket one is the funniest one to me though because like I think we were generally saying like like you can have your jacket up there and you're like just smush the jacket but like I was like no just put it in after but like it became such a contentious. What if they can't? Yeah, but what if they can't put it in after because they wait to let everyone else put it up? Put I just stuff wouldn't want to. I just wouldn't want to smush someone's back. I'm saying if you can, like if you can wait, like you're in the aisle seat. I always just wait. Like I put my jacket up there all the time. I just wait so that no one has to ask me to move it. I just think it's like the courteous thing to do. And I also, when I'm thinking jackets, I don't know if we're thinking like when I think of a jacket, I'm just like I don't. What's, what's wrong with just, like, smushing it in there? I'm not folding my jacket and putting it in there. I assume oh. you're talking more about, like, nice dress type stuff. I just uh, don't put anything loose in there because I'm afraid that it'll get, like, smushed or lost or something or ruined. Like, I jacket. Like I also, jacket. I usually I end up checking my bag curbside or whatever the F they call it, and then I just put my personal item after I've taken stuff out up there as my carry-on. I put, like... Because my, it's so small. It's like, yeah. it works. I usually like lay my jacket on top of my carry-on bag and I put my like I that I'm just like all stacked together. But no, like people will lay fully lay a regular jacket down and like they'll lay it out so you knew they laid it out. They didn't want it to be smushed. And I'm not going to like smush it like on purpose to be a jerk. Like I I'll always ask like is this yours? Do you mind if I move it? And then they usually do, but I'm like if you you're in an if- aisle, like just wait 10 minutes and you can put it up and it's going to be faster. Like what you don't, you don't have to slow things down. There's well, never a situation where they can't put it up there. They're always going to get to put it up there. 
people just suck, man. <laughs>